Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here for another thrilling, tantalising episode of the Bond Daft Project. Ranking Bond continues. In fact, this is the first of three podcasts where we will be collectively ranking the film franchise. The 24 Eon produced films will be ranked by ourselves. I'll introduce my three Bond aficionados to help with this task. Francis Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. Steve McCall. Very good afternoon to you all. And Gordon Webster. Good afternoon, Mr. Barry. Oh, not not Commander Barry. I've been demoted. Oh, all right, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi. No, uh, Captain Barry, I'll meet you. All right, all right, okay. I, I don't know where that fits in in the hierarchy, but, you know, fine. I'll, uh, I'll accept it. The last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining me. We are here. This is the, the biggie. Well, the first of the three biggies. Uh, so let's quickly sort of set out what this podcast is we are ranking the bottom four of the eon produced films uh caveat in there in that uh gordon and i did review uh never say never again it wasn't an eon produced film it's not been officially tallied by us in the the bond rankings but if it was it got a one star review from both of us so it's very likely sitting at number 25 so we are talking from number 24 to 21 and yeah that's really that's what we're here to do guys we'll then be later uh, on the other podcast separating the mid top 10 and the final top 10 we are somehow somehow going to collectively debate these films and in order as well uh so we've set ourselves quite a momentous task today and if you've listened to the previous podcasts we all definitely have different opinions on the films so this will be i have no idea what to expect from this this could be done in 10 minutes or it could be 10 hours we'll see um but yeah so let's let's get into this one guys um and i've got a list i'll share this list with you now of the, the films is Steve here? Steve's gone. Technical difficulties. There we go. <laughs> Fucking internet, I tell you. Two sticks. Just that you, you didn't like the intro. That's what it is. Just admit it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset at you not being. Are you being demoted? So I'm, like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, I appreciate the the support. Um, <laughs> probably there's probably other ways you could do it though because if we want to do a podcast you know i you know i appreciate it i do appreciate it it kind of doesn't help (laughs) yeah Uh, gordon's gonna know uh he's got something he's written i think he's written uh his films are better than golden i think he's written it somewhere so he's wanting (laughs) to to try and emphasize that (laughs) he's gonna come in with a massive bit of paper to hold up yeah golden eye sucks (laughs) But I really like it, but it's still bit, it's still not as good just because Steve likes it. Uh, <laughs> Purely for arguments. Yeah. Sure. Like, I thought I spoke to him on the phone last night. He was doing some research into a couple of films to try and think up arguments to sort of work on. Uh, uh, so I, I feel like oh shit, I've under underdone the research <laughs> on this. This is this is the moment he's been waiting for. This is where he comes full bond. Yeah. It's yeah. Like unleashed at us. Aye. Well, he has 007, as uh, as we established. That is a good point. He is. <laughs> as we know fine well. Yeah. Right. So Sorry where did you guys that, pick gentlemen. before I 
fucked off accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got your note, Gordon? Did it say Golden Eye yeah. is number one? The note, no, the, the note to remind me how much I hate diamonds are forever. I have, I have my pads, and I'm ready to. Uh, do you do you really need a note there? That feels like that would just come up naturally. I feel like you've got that stored your in your brain. Mostly, there was a couple of things about it that I just noticed from a couple of YouTube clips because I didn't. I was considering rewatching the film, but it seemed like such an ordeal that. Look, I mean, I don't. I, I'm exaggerating. I don't. I don't hate the film. Again, I'll, I'll say, but there's there's always extra things that come up. You just think you, you don't hate oh, it, I, but if you could kill it with fire, you would. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so guys, uh, obviously, we're going to be using our powers of persuasion, powers of debate. Uh, to try and reach this collective 24 list. Uh, obviously, some of these debates will potentially go on for long, we don't know. Uh, that's the point, we want to put a fight up for some. We will have to concede, certainly. Um, we've done it already in the previous podcast, this isn't really new to you guys. Um, and for our listeners, if it's the first time you've listened, uh, yeah, it's a collective debate. We won't automatically go to a vote, I hope we don't have to do that. Naturally, things may happen just for timing, we'll have to sort of maybe look into it, but let's try and do it by the powers of debate. So, let's get the list up, I'll read them out, and we will uh, then begin with ranking our worst four films. I'll just share the list with you now. Okay, can you see the list? <laughs> Can't see anything. <laughs> can you not, Gordon? Three dudes, is all I see. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. That tickled me a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. So for the listener, this is a terrible audio gag, but it's Goldeneye written 20 times or 24 times. Right, ah, see, so the dictator's got his list and we basically just to say, well, you were correct there yeah. because of this. Yeah. You were correct of Goldeneye number one because of that. The thing is, I've and shot myself in the foot here because I'm also saying Goldeneye's the worst film. So, yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, here is the actual list. I don't even. I still can't even see what you're talking about. But oh, I can just imagine know. it. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. There's not much. The, the list is obviously just all the films I've got. Um, right. I'll read them out for our listener if there has been someone that hasn't uh, just to see what films we're talking about. We're talking about Doctor. I love the fact that you said our listener as if it's just one person. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm actually used to that as the gag that we did on the Star Trek podcast. That now that's just yeah. Our one listener. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being so dedicated to this podcast and for you i will read out the films so we've got dr no from russia with love goldfinger thunderball you only live twice on her majesty's secret service diamonds are forever live and let die the man with the golden gun the spy who loved me moonraker for your eyes only octopussy a view to a kill the living daylights license to kill golden eye tomorrow never dies the world is not enough die another day Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, and Spectre. That's the twenty-four films. Right, guys, let's let's get into this. Uh, so, essentially, I feel like I'll kickstart. I don't really feel that we need to do it around the table type thing. We can just kind of openly start suggesting things. Uh, for me, I feel there's two obvious films that are going to make it into this the bottom four. And if you disagree, feel free. But I feel like Diamonds Are Forever and Die Another Day, we all pretty much consistently agree 
from previous podcasts that those are in that worst. Do we concur? Yes, I think that's fair to say. I know, Daniel Day, Steve, I know that you liked it on the podcast. Do you feel that it merits above the top four? Is there any argument you would make on that? No, I wouldn't. It's, it's in my top four. I went back over my notes, and I do remember being quite positive about it during the podcast, but going sort of back over it and going back over it in my head and thinking about it, it's... It just it's one of these films that's not quite what the franchise deserves. And I think that's as a standalone film it can be enjoyable, but as a film that just shouldn't be there or contains so many elements that by film number twenty should have been ironed out. Yep. Uh, I think it absolutely deserves a top four place. Yep. Right, okay. So what we'll do is I will just make a <laughs> I'll get rid of the golden eyes. <laughs> Final day. So we've got two already locked in, which as I thought, those would be easy. So half the job is technically done for this podcast. However, that was the easy part. The next part is the tough part. Trying to find two more films to to slot in as the bottom four of the franchise. Um, right. Uh, let's. See, I want to hear some suggestions from you guys. What, uh, Gordon? What would you pitch? Um, what film or films do you feel need to be looked at for this? Hmm. I'm going to go with 2008's Quantum of Solace. Quantum? Why like that? Okay. Uh, Steve? Um, Can I chuck in the other two that are on my list? Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. They are The World Is Not Enough. <laughs> I knew that was coming up. <laughs> and Spectre. Okay, okay. Interesting. So two of Daniel Craig's films. Interesting. And the bottom four. Uh, I'm going to throw in the Man with the Golden Gun, and You Only Live Twice. Fran, let's hear... If, Gordon, are you wanting to put in another one then? Obviously, I've put in two, Steve's put in two, you want to put in two for this debate? So we've put in The World's Not Enough, yeah. Uh, well, it's um, it's been highlighted as one we're going to yeah. talk... We're essentially trying... Ah, the well, point of this is to try and... Like, I feel like we could just lock out loads. Like, I feel like there's some obvious ones that are never going to be in this debate, i.e., I'd say, Goldfinger and Casino Royale and films like that. So we could just cut them out and essentially we're trying to highlight ones we're really trying to focus as the final one. So this way yeah. we're all highlighting two that we feel are. Then we'll try and decide if there's any been any overlooked that we feel we could all agree on or if some of these films we definitely can uh, can agree on. Yep. So, so I've um, highlighted two, Steve's highlighted two. So what would your second one be for this purpose of this discussion? I'm going to be controversial. We've got two Daniel Craig films in there. I'm going to go for a third. I'm going to go for Skyfall. Holy shit. Daniel Craig is doing poor on this one. Jesus. I did not see this one coming. Uh, okay, Fran. Um, well, I can tell you right now I'm going to be disputing a few of these, but um, I'll do that in a sec, actually. Because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get... Let's just... So, if, is there any that are not highlighted that you feel actually warrant being highlighted for the bottom rung? Bearing in mind, Diamonds and Dying All Day, they're still showing on this list, but they are already there. Um, Well, you put in... What was the two you put in, Steve? The Man uh, the again. Gun and You'll Love Twice. Yeah, aye. Because, really, the only other ones I could think of would be things like, say... I mean... <sighs> Some of the some of the Moore ones, like obviously like, a beauty a kill, like critically wasn't didn't do so well, but like I think it was saved by a number of things. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, like, I, I feel like the kind of obvious ones that I would have maybe picked 
have already been like if you don't I think, feel that I, then I feel could... like I can see my four in the ones that have been chosen right. plus the two that are locked in okay so that's it's just fine. for me now it's just defending films like yeah. I, there's ones I want to say no way <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> cool interestingly there gentlemen we've got a Connery we've got a Moore we've got a Brosnan and a Craig so um aye um Looks like we're going to have a fairly even spread. We've not got a Dalton in there yet, but... Yeah, I mean, he does have only two, to be fair, and I, yeah. they were consistently well-liked by others. Exactly. So I wasn't surprised yeah, by that. Yeah, they, they will rank higher, yeah. Okay. Righty, we have six films highlighted then. Um, right. well, i got to say, first of all, i just got to say that the, the only one that even comes close to being potentially lower in the Bond film list is Quantum of Solace out of the Craig ones. And even that is a is was a good film. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like the, the Daniel Craig films are technically uh in terms of how they're made. Yes. Um and also uh the uh, the advanced nature of how they're scripted and how well written they are. Um especially effects and performances. They are an evolution of what came before in Bond and I, I just don't think that any of them suffer from the problems of or the older three that we've selected. I agree you know I mean? completely, actually. Um, I think you're right. Quantum is the weakest of those three. But, but that, I think that, that would be in like the mid-group. I think that would be yeah. like in the next podcast for me. Like uh, it would be, yeah. maybe, I, would, I wouldn't even argue if that was like sixth or seventh from the bottom or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, fair enough. But I don't think it's one of the four worst films. And I certainly, Skyfall Inspector, I just can't believe they're in this. I can't believe it. Yeah, um, I definitely have Quantum above Spectre. Spectre had some major issues for me, but even as the the with despite those issues, there's still for me a lot to enjoy. Uh, cinematography, um, and things like that. As you mentioned, the craft of the films really comes to the fore, and I think they don't. I don't think they fit. Uh, with the bottom four, like it's there is fundamental issues with some of the other films that for me don't work. Um, that would put them in the four uh the two i highlighted obviously i would i would say that i can see why the world is not enough is also here um gordon you've first of all let's stay on the craig films then like keep a focus on this you obviously highlighted uh did you, you highlighted skyfall and quantum was it yeah right okay let's let's hear what's what's the the reason i suppose the rationale yeah well first i would say I watched Casino a few nights ago, and it, it's so good, and it was really getting back to the heart and soul of Bond. I feel with Quantum and Skyfall, it's as though they stripped a bit of the soul out of Bond out of them. There was something a bit sort of diluted, and um, more becoming that an overemphasis in action again. Maybe not Bond acting enough like a spy, I think I'll start with Skyfall because I know I know you're desperate to hear that because that's obviously one that that's ranked high with everyone else. Um, because and again, I mean, I'll say again, these aren't the worst films for me. They're just like my least favorites. Like, what one would I put on first? What one would I put on last? And you know, I actually really like Skyfall, but it's uh, and it's not. Can I just say it's? it's I think it's well above Dimes of Forever. It's well above Die Another Day. Yeah, there's but, a, a um, gulf in the in the sort of rating, I suppose that you would yeah. say. Yeah, even like I think the lights of the world's not enough, which isn't the best one. There's a there's a good gulf between that and and die another day and and diamonds. There's a like, you're right, Steve. I there's such a gulf. I mean, the things with Skyfall, 
Now, I do think there's an aginess to the film, and I think to praise, to actually praise Silva, I know I've criticised him, um, Javi Bardem's character, he gives the film an aginess, which I like, and that's why I actually think Skyfall's slightly better than Quantum that way. I think Skyfall's just a bit better than Quantum. Um, I think he's creepy, but he's, like I said, he sounds like a villain trying to sound the way a Bond villain should sound, and I, there's maybe two... I'm not, I'm not so keen the villains always calling him James. I feel like the whole thing, like an agent going rogue, I think that's already been done before. It was done so much better in Goldeneye. And there's, there's a few issues with the writing of that film as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with some of those points, definitely. Um, I mean, I liked Silva as a villain, the menace part, yeah. I think you're right about. Um, I, I, I liked his take. It was a different take. We hadn't seen a villain who, he kind of... Um, he tried to get under Bond's skin in ways that we hadn't seen, uh, yeah. and I liked that about it. It was because I was just going to say I agree with that part, Steve. I don't like him blazing in the courtroom with these men. Yeah, when there's that the whole thing with MI six having to like be investigated, that's a bit too direct for me. It's like he's going straight for them, and then it's it's maybe it's quite cool how Bond sneaks them away. He leaves the breadcrumbs for to be followed up to Scotland but then Silver just kind of coming up with these men uh, to just straight to attack Bond and them it's, it's kind of a bit too direct do you know I, I do agree with some of these Gordon actually like you know and the thing is I, I, it's an interesting one because I agree with the, some of the things that you're saying about the film but I feel like yeah. to apply this level of detail to all the movies in this list to get a list of top, the top films is good killers do you know what I mean because Imagine oh, we kind of have to a wee bit. Well, we're trying to argue the case. I, I, I think twenty-four I think, films. We're going to have to apply this. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But you don't look at every single plot point of every part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I like, I wouldn't say that. I think it's one of those kind of step back and look at the, just the general shape of the film. Do you know what I mean? Like, while I do think that Gordon's absolutely correct in the sense that. I, I mean, even though I was saying that the, the Craig films are an improvement in terms of writing and in terms of technical... Uh, uh, obviously, the technology was improved as well. There's a lot of different things that are improved you know, now compared to the past. There are, they, are, they do have flaws as well. I suppose if I was to look at, say... Let's take Quantum of Solace, for instance, right? So if I was looking at that and I would see things like pacing maybe wasn't quite right, similar things to what Gordon's saying... Um, what, what's the one you're are you talking about Skyfall Gordon yeah, yeah. so, so like, I would see similar things with Quantum of Solace I'd, I'd say well it's a bit ponderous at times it's whatever you know yeah. but then if I was to put it beside for instance uh, The World Is Not Enough and I looked at the two films just as a general shape I would know that The World Is Not Enough is undeniably worse do you know what I mean like even though it may be better in some ways do you know what I mean like the um, but it's it's just that kind of stepping back and looking at the whole, just the the whole. Okay. Does that make sense? I I see what you're saying. You uh, you think it's easier to like talk about as a high level. It to, well, it, the fashionable way would be like saying it's holistic. Steve McCall, I'm sure I can't see you. Have you got a smile at that word? That everybody talks about looking at things holistically and all that. But I, I basically all it is is stepping back and saying. Generally speaking, uh, yeah. even though they have flaws, some have far less flaws than others. You know, I, I agree um, with what you're saying mostly. Um, but I, I suppose in Gordon's case, he is he is kind of having to defend a film that he knows himself that three of his kind of would disagree with. So he's kind of under the 
he has to try and convince us to even get it into this lift. Well, yeah, so he's kind of got to get into the nitty-gritty a bit to try and... And his, his points were quite, you know, I thought were actually, you know, worth considering. So, well, actually, you're, you're right. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is they are valid points. I just don't think that they, they're... I just don't think that in this kind of debate that that they would convince me. Do you know, I guess that's what I'm saying. But I mean, I, I do agree though that that Skyfall is not a perfect movie by any stretch. Do you know what I mean? Like it certainly wouldn't be in the top top films for me. Do you know what I mean? Out of the list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what what you were saying, the likes of the technologically wise, it's it's a great film. Um, pacing wise, it's it's fast. It's exciting, but you know it's an exciting film for the most part. Um, I want I I want to see Bond acting like a spy more. I don't think there's there's a lot a lot of just sort of chasing and shooting in, in Skyfall. I like to see a bit of like safe cracking and things like that. And like, I know this is detail, but for me it's like it's the detail you have to have to separate the film. You're just like I mean to even like to separate this from Quantum. You know, there's it's just certain things that maybe I like, certain things are under my skin. I think the like the 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 decor of the sets the the lighting's brilliant in Skyfall cinematography wise is great I like one thing I really like about it is Bond going under the radar at the start and, and it's kind of like what you would expect Bond to do you know go away to some Caribbean island and he's a bit washed up in that I like the idea of him coming you know getting kind of nursed back to health I like the idea that M's loyal to him and M um kind of lies to get him through the the screening to get him back active in the field again and I, you know i like money penny there's there's a lot of stuff to like the things i meant see when i mentioned about the writing i think as well um we, i mean we all we all mentioned that silver's escape from mi6 custody it, it was just it was all too easy i felt it was just sort of perfectly choreographed i agree on that definitely uh what i'll say is this is where i feel um this list is going to be tricky right we are trying to debate these films. Now, there's two ways you do it. And that way, uh, you look at them as Bond films, right? Which I suppose seems like it makes obvious sense. This is the Bond daft pro- project. So you have to think about all the elements of what has made the traditional Bond film and apply it to every film. Or you look at it, and this is this is probably where I fall, um, that you look at them as films and what they uh-huh. do for 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 <clears throat> film as a as a as an experience. So certain films work better that way. They take they've stripped out what doesn't work at all the time as a Bond film. That we're talking about Skyfall, particularly you mentioned Gordon that Bond, uh, he, he's washed up. He has to try and find his energy. That's an arc. Bond goes on an arc in that film. We don't see that in many of the Bond films. Uh, there's, you could probably pick them out if there is. I mean, and I feel that alone is one of the things that's one of Skyfall's strength. And then that's like the liveliest of his films as well. That's the one that actually harkens back to the spirit of the Bond films. I feel that's why I would compare it to, although maybe not in the same caliber as Goldfinger, it's the kind of it's a genesis of humor and action and uh and with a, with the added sort of modern arc of a film which i think is one of its strengths so i think that's why it definitely wouldn't be in the top the bottom four for me yeah there's a lot to like about it like i said i mean skyfall this wasn't a real kind of clinical one for me if you were asking me about like my bottom four it would probably be um diamonds die another day the world's not enough in quantum. I think Skyfall just escapes the cut. Right. But um Okay. Yeah, there's 
I, I, I was from a recent watch again. It just kind of reaffirmed in my mind that it's not one. Um, I just don't quite get. I think it's a pretty good film, but I don't really get what the fuss is with it. There's a lot of hype around that film, and I just kind of don't really see. It. I think as well, there's 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 a bit of an emphasis and there's a couple of real superhuman stunts. The, the the leap off the viaduct at the start, which he gets bloody shot, and then he, to add to that, he falls hundreds of feet. Um, and then there's the then later on there's there's the him is it him and Silver or him and one Silver's henchman diving under the the ice in the Scottish Lake. I mean, you know, some they're probably in like minus thirty degree water. It's just that's just I think I know there's there's exaggerated stunts, but a lot of them they did actually do in real life. So that was if you can do it for real, obviously it can be done. But yeah, you know, yeah. I know it's de- again it's detail, um, but. I, no, I, I appreciate it. You're having to try and convince yeah. us. You need to give us that, because otherwise I would just say you've not brought enough to, to convince me. And you're obviously yeah. under the, the sort of... I mean, I, I'm not speaking for Steve here, because I'm not sure what, what your feelings on Skyfall are, but me and Fran clearly would not have it here. I think I think we... Oh, by by uh, the way, I have to throw in something before I forget. Um, I mean, I think Goldfinger should be locked in in my bottom four for this because, wow. of, because of the flipping scene in the barn. Right, I mean, now, I know that that's very specific, but like it's so bad. <sighs> I mean, I would, I mean, I would say it's no for me. Goldfinger is nowhere near the bottom. I don't think. See, having done our project, I don't think I love it as much as I thought I did. But yeah. that's another thing, though, Fran. That's that's kind of applying a level of detail because I know, but, that, looking, that, but that, that, that's what I'm saying is that that's pers- But see, when you bring your like for me, that I'm talking about my personal list here. Like if I was to lock in, like I would put Goldfinger very, very, very low, because I wouldn't want I, I, that puts me off the movie so much. Whereas when we're doing this debate, we would consider so much more about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. Right, um, I, I think we should we should um... we shouldn't take an issue with specific details. We are here to try and convince each other, and if you've got to use a specific example to try and get the film over the 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 line with people. Then it has to. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with that. I get Fran what you're trying to do. You're obviously worried about time, and that's a fair constraint. We've given ourselves a fair amount of time. Hopefully, we will. I think we'll, we're coming. I think on Skyfall specifically, we're coming to a conclusion that it's going to rank lower than we all expect. Certainly, with um, the, the arguments Gordon has made, I think it's coming off the list for this particular debate of the worst four. Gordon, you've kind of admitted yourself that Quantum in the World is Not Enough would rank in those four instead. Yeah, I, I, I said yeah. that, yeah, Skyfall, so, it just makes the cut, I right. think. It could even be, it's maybe like just one above the one that, that yeah. makes the cut. It's, uh, for this debate, then, it's unhighlighted, so yeah. we'll get it off the list. I think, I think as well, for this debate, it's very much, we're quite constrained in the sense that we've only got four spots to choose. So, you know, the next one, because we're doing the kind of we've got the four four lowest in, and then it's the next ten, isn't it? Yeah. So I reckon Skyfall for me could would be would be in that one. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and that would be interesting to see where we want to place it. But I think that's um, the consideration you got to make. If something doesn't make the the bottom four in this one, you got to consider that it it can just hit number twenty, nineteen, eighty. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the coming one, we'll so it's not completely discarded. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Which is which is where I think as well, like. It's, I think what we have to do it's quite interesting um, Mr Barry as Gordon would say uh, you were saying about like this distinction between and I've been thinking about this as well distinction between like what we would watch ourselves what what the, the films as movies do you know what I mean the quality of them um, 
Do you know what I mean? Like the Bond fan take on it, the casual viewer. Like, I guess we've got to almost try to be four or five people in our heads all at the same time, haven't we? Yeah. Kind we've got of, to yeah. be ourselves. We've got to be, imagine what Bond fans Definitely. would like. Yeah. You know. that, this is, um, I suppose that's also, though, kind of, I suppose, me being more familiar with the franchise, the fact there's, we've got the balance, though, because I, I will probably give it more from the perspective of, of being a long time on fan yeah so but then there'll be there's obviously you guys counteracting that which is fair enough obviously you know skyfall maybe not being a an, an overall long-time bond fan is a better film that way so that's kind of where the balance comes in with the four of us being different as well that's that's I why it, i, like I think as well like i mean i would actually funnily enough before i met you gordon i would have classed myself as a bit of a bond fan <laughs> do you know what i mean in the sense that I like the Bond movies. I would choose to go and see them. Like other people, like say I was going out with a girl to the cinema, and I'd, I'd would be thinking about what to go and see. They might not want to go and see a Bond film, whereas I'd be disappointed. I'd be wanting to go and see it. You know, um, I, you know, I'd sit down and watch Bond movies myself. Just sit and put a video on or DVD or whatever. So there's certainly, I I just feel like my Bond fan think probably same as you, Mister Barry, uh, came in with Goldeneye, didn't it? That oh kind yeah, of, yeah, Doubt, you know, undoubtedly. Uh, but I do love the Moore films, I have to say, um, as well. So, like, I feel like I'm being biased towards things like, see, a View to a Kill on any traditional list, that'd be very low. But, like, I like that film. Yeah, like, in it, my ranked, own way. it ranked higher for me when we watched it. I was very surprised by that. But I do remember liking it as a kid. Anyway, let's not, that's not even highlighted, so let's not get uh, focused on ones that... We've got five left to try and narrow down to two. Um so are we keeping with the Craig or the Craig films or you want to talk about one of the others so let's let's tackle the world is not By the way, um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to be back in a second I'm just going to nip to the toilet for a sec yeah okay so just in case you see me disappear I'll be back in a moment right okay I'll I'll do the same actually all right okay <laughs> collective toilet break all right Steve let's just decide these films so uh, I'll get one of mine and you get yours the world's not enough uh, we sorted then right yeah. cool Awesome. Yep, absolutely done. All sorted. <laughs> In fact, why don't we just do the next ten as well? <laughs> Golden Eyes number one. <laughs> Maybe harder to convince. Possibly. Slip me a ten under the table and I might put it above. Right, okay. I might put it at number two. What's your uh, card details? I'll just send the transaction just now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Easy money. <laughs> oh man, this this is uh, definitely going to be tough. All right, that's me back. Fellas, do you know, I, I love these debates, man. I love having an actual debate. This is, uh, these are like Aye. calling on real like debate skills, isn't it? To try and get your point across, isn't it? I love it. Well, yeah, like I, I do love the like see when you like see the Goldfinger thing. I have to admit that that's like when I'm bringing, I'm starting to think of tactics. So now, why like, did, I don't don't do it cynically though? If you don't like, why didn't you think of Goldfinger before? <laughs> but but it was because I knew that it was a personal issue, and I didn't feel like it really applied to a, a, a list like this. Oh, well, I don't I think. Thought, let's, I, let's not. There's vote nothing for that doesn't apply. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess it's one of those where we can't it's weird do you know what's really funny about this is I had to mark a load of critical essays recently um, did 60 of them and swapped with another teacher and then we had to moderate them and sit and what's really interesting is the way you look at an essay it's like looking at a movie when you look at the, the essay on its own you give it a score but then when you look at them with all the other essays your scores could change because you put them beside each other do you know what I mean? It's really interesting. That's so strange. That I would never thought essay right uh, marking would be done like that. <laughs> like, well, it, well, it is because then you could have a girl who's got fourteen and another girl who's got fourteen, and then you look at them together and you think, actually, that girl's better than the other one. Do you know what I mean? There, like, isn't there a a rate? 
like I, I mean, I give a three star film. There's about a quite a wide range of within that three to get the high three, the low three, and things like that. There's a there's a load there's a load of things to consider, but you also have to consider you know relative quality. So it's quite interesting. That's why I love these debates about the films because it's because we're doing that basically. Like the relative quality of the movies, I find that fascinating. Yeah, because definitely. if you put Quantum of Solace after Casino Royale, it looks shit. There's no denying that fact. Well, that is one of the reasons I think that um, Casino Royale set a bar so high that Quantum just uh-huh. never met it in any any fathom. I think it was more violent. That was it, and it was a slightly shorter film. So if, I mean, like... if Quantum of Solace came out on its own and Casino Royale hadn't existed, it might have. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's it, when you put stuff beside beside each other, like two movies, it can totally change it. Change them. I find it fascinating. Yeah, that's interesting. See, um... See the bottom two, I think we will still talk about them a wee bit. Well, so yeah, w- what we're doing is trying to get those final two, and then we'll have to rank the order of those. I mean, in fact, we'll have yeah. to rank the four. We still have to rank the numbers. Like, yeah. we don't know which is worse out of Diamonds and Die Another Day as well. So, yeah, that, uh, yeah I've just realised we've set ourselves quite a task. <laughs> <laughs> but, but let's uh, press on, then we're all good to go. So. Oh, is Die Another uh, Day on that list down there? Yeah, yeah, they're not highlighted here. Um... I suppose just delete them so we don't get mixed well, up. Well, it means that... Uh, yeah, I mean... Nah, I just read. Yeah, like they're there, but because I'll keep this list for the tip, the, the 10. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, right, okay. So they're there. Um, right, so let's continue. Okay, what do we want to focus on next then? Are we sticking with the Craig films or you want to take another look at one of the others that we've got highlighted? Why don't we look at You Only Live Twice? Okay, let's look at You Only Live Twice. Obviously, I highlighted this one. Um, for me, this is a film that has a lackluster Connery performance and also a plot that, um, as much as it culminates in a fantastic end set piece, I will give the film that. The third act is fantastic. The uh, battle in the, the volcano base, the set design is fantastic. It set the weight. A lot of things were done right for all of that. But the two thirds in between, the, the mid bat, the little Nelly uh, kind of dogfight was also quite cool. But there's a lot of things I don't like. This film aged poorly. That's one of the ones that I feel like the Bond is dated category applied to more than any other. Um, Get the music on. There's the music for Bond is dated. Bond is dated. Bond is dated. Sexist, misogynist, he don't care. Bond is dated. License to offend. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So it just, I think. A lackluster Bond performance is quite crucial for me. Um, and I just, I don't enjoy it. I, I find that it doesn't even have, like, it doesn't make any sense in terms of, it wasn't clear even if it was intended he was meant to die and, and or they used his death as, as kind of, like, I just, I feel it was a bit muddled and it's not a fun film the the turning japanese stuff like i mean I, that oh my covered, god that is covered obviously in the bond is dated element so i'm kind of repeating myself there but that is so bad bond is dated. do you know it's also terrible right the fact that the only reason bond survived to save the day is because aki accidentally moved in her sleep and d- d- drank the fucking poison or whatever it was <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah true but uh, you, like... probably, you probably could look at many films and say and here's where bond would have died as you have said yeah <laughs> I always find that quite funny, like, it's by sheer luck sometimes, but I always thought that was quite quite a shame, like, you know, what a device to be used, do you know what I mean? Like, we need a character to die, yeah, uh, so that Bond can continue, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just a wee bit of a shame, really. Yeah. I, w- I would say, though, that I don't really have a problem with 
Bond's death and stage. And I, I, I don't think it's too difficult to work out what's going on there because I think M kind of sums up when Bond goes into the sub after his pretend Navy funeral at sea, M says, now that you're dead, your enemies will keep off your back. So I think that I quite like the idea of that, Bond going under the radar. He, he dives to the shore in, in Tokyo. I, you know, I, so I don't quite agree with that, but I, I, I totally agree with things you mentioned. Like, Bond, I mean, why does Bond have to look <laughs> Japanese? Why? You know, and it's first, you know, just so that, is it, I think just to get into the fishing village and then as soon as he's dived underwater all the makeups come off it's and but you can't put that all down to the screenwriters because that was one of the few things from the original novel that got into the film because it was a dramatic rewrite they obviously rolled down on board but that actually to an extent i think that was in the novel and it's just you know why does he need to do that why does he need to as well why why does bond look as if he's about to go into space as well you oh. know what would they do what would his plan be after that you know yeah it's bad. Yeah, what would he do? What would he do in space? Exactly. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, that, that also the costume. I thought that grey jumpsuit thing he was wearing looked horrendous, like a sort of pajama type thing he was wearing. Um, I, I think d- though, Stephen Connery's bad. He's, he's still pretty good. I mean, I, I agree with you. The things you're saying about his demeanor. There's, uh, I think, just because it's Connery, he's some. It kind of gets through it. Um, but there's like a few bits where he looks as if he's genuinely enjoying himself. Like when he's, um, when he's, well, I was about to say when he's seducing Helga Brand, or more or less she seduces him. He, or when he meets her, uh, when he's smoking, like talking to Mr. Asato, he's posing as Mr. Fisher. When he's talking to M, when he's talking to Moneypenny, he looks at those points as if he's genuinely having a good time. For the rest of the film, either he just kind of slouches his way through. Yeah, the film it obviously just you know it told you something about maybe what the relationship was like between Connery and 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 uh, Harry Saltzman and and Cubby at the time. Yeah, and that's for me kind of not indefensible. That's a really strong way of putting it, but it's a, a very crucial failing on the film that 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 environment led to a performance where your main man, your James Bond, is not even given it his real full kind of performance that you you expect from the other four films that charm that magnetism from those first four like when you watch dr no there's a style that he brings to it his walk his uh, little things really subtle up to goldfinger and, and thunderball like and that is lacking in this one for me and that's that's a big one that's your main man <laughs> that's like not great aside all of the other stuff did really kind of dated cringeworthy kind of stuff i think that's a, i would a... say yeah i was gonna say as well steve one one way i think the film actually betters goldfinger is that at the end bond actually does things of value i mean it's seen the vo- in blofeld's hollowed out volcano bond i think does he not press the switch to stop the i think it's to stop another one of the the rockets been blown up by the specter and he um he seems to do a bit more, but the but in at the end of Goldfinger's kinda of relying on Pussy Glow and relying on the CIA. Well that's He's a not... feeling of Goldfinger though. Like I mean, I I I'm starting to come round to, to sort of Fran's kind of point that maybe Goldfinger isn't as high in on this list as I as envisioned. Um Yeah. But another thing that Bond does though that um I mean, in the volcano Bond I know this is detail again, but he allows Tanaka and all his men to come in the volcano by 
I just put wrote that in my notes there because it's obviously quite a small thing, but he actually manages to press the switch to actually get the thing open despite like being held at gunpoint by Bofeld. I think he like distracts Bofeld, so he's actually doing things to you know of value. Yeah. But but there's a lot of things that obviously Goldfinger does so much better, and that's that. I mean, Goldfinger's like Connery on almost in top form. I feel like sort of giving Bond things to do is as easy for the writers. That's not something that takes a lot of craft in the sense that he's your main character and it's maybe that's easy but i think it's the other parts of the film as a film i just don't enjoy it it's a little lengthy as well and also it's just it's it's slow that the middle section is i find kind of boring um as a film um i like the music it's got that nice sensual kind of uh feel to it it's certainly you know it sticks in your head these kind of things i like about it so it's not like I'm saying it's bad, but I'm talking as a film, it ranks pretty low for me. Um, and yeah, it's uh, obviously, I don't know, Steve. I've not. What, what's your thoughts on this film? Do you feel it ranks as low as I have, or do you think it gets into the mid tier? This is an interesting one. I'm kind of convinced now that it is maybe a little lower than I originally thought because when I think of You Only Live Twice, what immediately comes to mind are things like the the Little Melly scene and the volcano scene at the end. But what you're right, what also sticks in my head is all that Japanese stuff. Yeah. And the the scene at Tanaka's house and the very sexiful and the Japanese costume and it's and the whole the whole wedding that he went through with for absolutely no reason. It's all that stuff you're right on balance does actually bring it down a lot further than I perhaps originally thought. Because it's because in my head it's actually quite a good film. But I think it's because the the bits that stick with me are the really good parts of the film, the the fights, the dog fights, and the explosions, and the the sort of battles against the you know the ninjas at the end and stuff like that. But I think it's a slightly uh, rose tinted view. And when you perhaps dig into it, you're absolutely right that the the bond is dated element is particularly bad for this film, as we've established. Bond is dated. So I don't. I'm not entirely sure that it's bottom four. Yeah. Because I think as a Bond film. I am, I suppose I'm coming at this, I suppose, as a, we're talking about as a Bond film or as a film, I'm coming at these all sort of looking at them as Bond films. And although it's dated, it works particularly at the time as a Bond film. And the ones that I'm ranking lowest are the ones that I don't feel deserve the sort of title, if you like, of Bond film. They almost stick out too much as having stuff wrong with them that they don't quite deserve to be that they, they do the they do the franchise a disservice. And you only live twice, it's not it's not a top ranking film, but it doesn't quite do the franchise a disservice. Okay. <clears throat> Alright. One of you mentioned the the whole dog fight between is dog fight the word? I don't know. The bit the whole um the kind of airborne dog fight with little Nelly. Uh, not, yeah, uh, not that knows um well the just like the the fight in the volcano base between the, the two sides. Between the Spectre oh, and just the Bond and gun battle, really, That's, I suppose. Yeah, the, the thing that I just saw there, I, I just pictured, obviously, you see Connery just kind of, like, jogs about. Um, but when you think about Connery, never really ran. You think, see, Dalton's Bond, obviously, I mean, he, he did a lot of his own stunts and bros and a bit as well. They were real runners. Craig as well, they did a lot of running. 
I don't I don't recall Conry really running. <laughs> yeah. even, I think Goldfinger like, jogs a little bit. I don't even know if Moore ever properly ran. I remember Moore, Moore always say about it, oh, I, did, oh, I never, I did as little as possible. I just got other guys to do things for him. But it's, it just made me think there. It kind of makes me, yeah, that's an argument for putting it in the lower four, I would say. like I feel like they, <laughs> they pitched a film for him with action scenes for him that weren't really, that wasn't his style. He was the casino type character you know and doing things spy like like the slower paced films those first four um you only live twice that big action scene is for me it's still at strength but even within that he is still he's still not great he was like lacklusterly kind of jogging <laughs> just that's what i'm picture when i watch it okay i mean i suppose to the extent he's a spy rather than a soldier so it would be more bond style i suppose to be sort of hiding and sniping and sort of shooting yeah, from corners then sort of running on the front line which i suppose is what you would leave to the the front line the ninjas the ones who were kind of sent in first yeah if there's anything that i think maybe saves you only or twice for me from being in the bottom four i think it's a great review of blofeld donald pleasance is just so striking i think you had to for me you had to have a blofeld reveal I think there's um, two good allies. If you say allies, you could also say, you know, Aki could be included in that as well. I think there's too much of an immediate romance between her and Bond, but without going too much into that, I think Henderson was in it briefly. He's a he's a really kind of charismatic ally. Tyre Tanaka is great as well. I, mean, I think these yeah. are these sort of characters, I think, really enhance the film. And do it. Again, this is one of the more forgettable 007 adventures for me, but I think the characters maybe save it. For me, possibly. Henderson, I know that he had a bit of character. He had that one scene with Bond. I don't feel like that. I don't really. Like, I didn't really kind of like feel like he's I just that charismatic. That... I just feel like he had that one good scene. He had that funny line where he's oh, stirred but not shaken. Am I right? But that's that? the thing. <laughs> I think I know that the thing is, Steve. I think though, but it's because he did so much with a short space of time because he he came up with one of the best one-liners of the whole bloody franchise. He also. He stood there with a smirk in his face as Bond hits his false leg to prove it's him. You get you, you learn a lot about his character. Even Henderson says about how he um he refused to go entirely Japanese. You get the impression that he's a guy who can't quite adapt to the culture. Yeah, within for such a short space of time, like that you actually learn quite a bit about the character, and that's why I think it's kind of sad that he dies. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's obviously not getting pushed over the line yet. Um. Steve, you're obviously strong on the world is not enough. Uh, what's um, what? what yeah, yeah. So for me, this is particularly all about. We've spoken a lot about uh, lazy scripting over the franchise. I think this is one of the absolute worst examples. I mean, from the very, very starts, you've got these awful sort of cheesy uh, sort of double entendre one-liner type things, which it it just. I mean, a, a few of them peppered through particularly the Moore era films because they worked kind of back then was all right that by the time they got to particularly the later Pierce Brosnan films that kind of stuff should have been wiped out it should have been a lot kind of classier than it was and it just from the start it just it looked I think just kind of it just I remember it looking kind of dull and drab particularly I'm thinking of that pre-title sequence I suppose it's just it's not the film I think that it deserves to be it was obviously we've established it the sort of couple of films prior to the the soft reboots are i mean 
the the franchise was getting silly at that point. It it needed a complete refresh, which is obviously what they've done. And the two films leading up to that just they just aren't worthy of the sort of title and the kind of standing that you come to expect from a Bond film. So it does come down the the world is not enough for me. It comes down pretty much entirely to to lazy writing. Yeah, because I mean there are elements of that film that are great. I mean, we established. I I like um, Electra in that film. I like the way that she kind of gets one over on Bond. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of feminist undertone, where it's this sort of woman sort of fighting back, um, sort of taking back control of her father's empire type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there are yeah. there are there are good parts. Some of the villains are pretty good, but it's it's just again any film that makes John Cleese classic actor look bad has got to be it's, that's you know that the writers have done something wrong there and mm-hmm. i just i just i feel as though they completely lost their minds with this one it stands out as just not being good enough yeah and it's a real shame yeah okay. it's saved entirely by the fantastic title song yeah um for me i definitely rank it higher um i was i had a i was been I've, that's the one i've been watching the bonus features of and that bloated pre-title sequence um Obviously, it turns out they had done what I said, they should, like I felt they should have done, which is the Bilbao scene alone is the scene where he, I think he, it ends as soon as he like abseils out the window, out the bank, the Swiss bank, yeah. and that would have been a short, yes. punchy scene. But it turns out apparently test audiences thought like, "What the fuck?" After Tomorrow Never Dies and Golden Eyes, epic, you know, kind of bombastic openings, you're gonna that should open, so they had to then include the entire MI6 explosion and the, the boat chase and all that like as a pre-title sequence as opposed to like a five minute one or a seven minute one so it's turns out they actually had what i feel was the right idea but just the expectation at the time wanted the uh the more explosions and 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 sort of more epic the, the film's definitely slower it's a really slow middle section um a lot of intrigue uh, brosnan had said he wanted a bit more depth in the film obviously uh, i'm guessing you would agree that they haven't reached that it doesn't match up um the feminist undertones you mentioned i definitely that's one of the strengths of the film for me um yeah it's a tough one uh i definitely see your point steve that the humor doesn't work um and there's something lacking there definitely i find it's a particularly sort of um i'm trying to remember was this the one where I'm getting the sort of later films mixed. I think that's, it. Just it's so it just doesn't stick out in my head. I think was it the whole. This is the pipeline oh. plot, and it is, this is the yes. one that I actually found quite difficult to sort of like get the gist of the intricacies of this plot, the ransom amount, why it matched up, why King's Pin. All like it doesn't really. It it wasn't really accessible. Like I get the gist, you know, the intrigue of like the power play dynamics between. Renard and Electra, he's turned her and things like that. But there was some stuff that I didn't quite understand, and even up to the su- the submarine final battle, and yeah. it's you've got essentially Denise Richards essentially just explaining everything that's happened, like all the the nuclear physics stuff. There was, I think, it, it fell into that those sort of two traps of I think number one trying to build a film by committee, kind of. <laughs> They started doing that, particularly in the 90s, going back to things like focus groups and small groups and going, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Does this work? Does this not work? And then trying to build a film around that rather than just going, right, what are we good at? 
and then at the same time falling into the trap of right what have we not seen bond do before obviously die another day really fell into that where he found him you know surfing and stuff like that so they were kind of grasping at straw so much for things that perhaps bond hadn't done before that it just kind of it, it went too much in the other direction and it just didn't work so there's there's just that i found it very difficult to come away from this film there just wasn't a lot in it i suppose for me yeah fran what's your thoughts on this uh, do you know the funny thing is i don't have massively strong feelings about it i mean it's yeah, I, I certainly agree with the pre-title sequence it felt ridiculous at the time i mean i actually only liked it because of the stupid bit where he goes through the restaurant and they're all eating their food do you know what i mean like yeah. that bit amused me but um yeah i just i wasn't a big big i wasn't a big fan of it really i mean i do i what, what's the two we've got we've got die another day and what's the other one we've got in the Locked, list so locked in diamonds uh-huh. or whatever um they were the two star kind of like films the rest are all threes and fours that we've kind of well, that's that's the thing i mean i'm not i'm finding it quite hard i mean for me um i'm looking at like the world's not enough man with a golden gun and you only were twice really as the three i would i'm trying to think about i think the world is not i think i would probably have the world was not enough on this bottom pile for to me, be fair if I, okay let's try and yeah it's not that i hate it or anything but i just don't mm-hmm. it just isn't then again, you have Electra King in it. I know. Who is an astonishingly good character. Yeah. It's tricky because you know? all, the ba- all the bad films have something about them that tends to redeem them. Even yeah. Dino has got moments where you go, actually, yeah, that was all right. Because see if you yeah. watch The World Is Not Enough with the, the whole idea in mind that she's actually, you know, what was it? Because like, I think I'd said, you know, there's something about her, don't you? Something not quite right. Well, you watch, you, I think you had said actually you could tell that she was kind of evil from the beginning. I don't know if that was your uh-huh. first viewing or what, but you'd kind of you didn't buy into her innocence. Uh huh. Initially, which I I find that really interesting. Like I don't know, I'm torn actually because to me that might re- I don't know. I feel like I'm swithering. Like it would re- that to me that aspect of the film would rescue it and put it in the the next set of ten, like the next podcast for me. Same for me. Um, uh, it's not very wait, high wait. up in that, but I, uh-huh. yeah. It's right. If, if, like if, every time I'm about to put it in the bottom four, I remember her, and I'm like, actually, no, I don't want to put it down in the bottom four. Steve, your other one was Spectre, uh, coming back to Daniel Craig. Yeah, I'm going to tackle that just now, I think, because I've got a funny feeling I'm going to be outranked on this one. But for me, it was all about the pacing of this film and the complete kind of change that I just didn't. It felt, as I think I said at the, the ranking, the time of ranking it, that it was. It feels more like a kind of dark psychological thriller than it does a Bond film. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think it worked. I didn't like that really. I found it almost too slow. Yeah, I remember you and saying. I, yeah. But I mean, in fairness to it, it looks fantastic, as we said. it's The cinematography for it is unbeatable. It looks great. But this whole, this, the, the very slow pace of it, and then that whole... I mean, the thing that sticks out about this film for me is what it's kind of done to the franchise from here on in. They've they've created that intrinsic link now between Bond and Blofeld, that they're adopted brothers. That kind of wasn't necessary. Yeah, I really As a result of that, I I really don't like that. It's it's kind of ruined things because they're going to have to, now, unless they do another reboot, they're going to have to incorporate that dynamic 
into it from here on in, particularly now that they've they've only just got the um the sort of permission, obviously, with the whole Kevin McClory thing. They've only just got the permission back to use the Spectre and the Blowfield thing, and they could have taken it so much further. And it's almost like they got that permission and then ruined it straight out the bat by creating this link yep. that they now have to kind of... Bond's now got to consider that his greatest foe is actually an, an adoptive brother. And I can kind of see how that creates an element of confusion and perhaps it's like sort of internal conflict for Bond and I can see where they might be able to go with that but I, I don't particularly like that as a, a way forward yeah I, no, I, 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 I think it's ridiculous actually right well, I know what we'll do we'll um, we'll make it Bond's uh, Bond. we'll make it Bond's um, adopted brother so that there's conflict there right whereas families fall out over far less things than that like, I mean, could you, I mean, imagine your brother was Hitler or a gangster or something. I mean, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm conflicted <laughs> about how I feel about him, you know? Yeah, my brother's a pure racist guy. I don't know how I feel about him. Do you know what I mean? I still love him, you know? I mean, he just hates people. Do you know what I mean? He's such a completely horrible person. You know, I, I, I think it's daft. Actually, Steve McCall, you've convinced me. You've convinced me. Of the Craig ones, I feel like Spectre could go in there. Uh, it's the weakest of the f- outside the two I've nominated, but I obviously feel those two should be in, and I will get to Man of the Golden Gun, but out of the ones we've just discussed, Quantum, World's Not Enough, and Spectre, for me, Spectre's the lowest of these three. I, I, well, would, I, would, I would rather rewatch The World Is Not Enough than Spectre. Well, I've been convinced, actually, that because of the ludicrousness of that piece of writing, yeah, I'm convinced. I would say Spectre would be my number two Daniel Craig film. I think it's ahead of Skyfall and, and Quantum. I mean, I, I admire the, the way they brought the Spectre organization back into it. I, I totally agree with what Steve McCall said about the, the stepbrother connection was pretty ludicrous. But, um, they, I think they got the correct balance for reintroducing Blofeld because they didn't, they had the, Christoph Waltz played him really well. He had some great lines. I loved the kind of half review of him earlier in the film, especially when he looks up Bond in the Spectre meeting room. That was a really moment just grabs you by the balls. But I mean, he's a, he's I, a great actor, no doubt. I mean, I, I love the guy. Um, well, what I was, he, he was in Glorious Bastards as well, wasn't he? Yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, he's obviously great playing villains. I mean, what um, I was also going to say was that they could have they could have so easily overplayed Blofeld and think that they could have made him a bit too much, say, like Don Pleasance's Blofeld. Like, it might be a bit daft that you know, I imagine Christoph Waltz giving the same sort of lines like "Goodbye, Mister Bond" and all that. It just, he, but he, then he is, but he is some great. He, I guess he's kind of like he's kind of like Michael Lonsdale, and he underplays the baddie. He has that if that line that he says, for example, he's like he shows Bond's. I think it's over over the CCTV. He shows Bond. Um, I think it's the killing of um, of Mister White in front of his daughter Madeline. And he goes, the things that bring us together. It's just that, that's a great line. I think it's kind of underplayed. It's really low key. But the, I think as well, things that Spectre got right. I mean, I, I agree with Steve as well saying about it does feel a psychological thriller. And I think the score maybe, you know, is more like a psychological thriller score by Thomas Newman. But there's some good music in it as well. I like, the, it's good that they brought back it. I mean, I can't. The last time they had a proper Bond henchman before that must have been Tomorrow Never Dies or quite poorly in the world's not enough and die another day, really. Uh, you know, Mr. Hinks, I thought, who's not actually named in the film, I think he's a great 
a great villain, great henchman. Uh, I love. I just he's silent as well. I, I think you know he enhances the film quite a bit. He's even got like his wee a very kind of minor theme as well. There's a little kind of it's like odd job. There's a couple of notes in the score like every time. A couple of the times you see him, it's quite good. even like I remember when he gets knocked out in the the scene when um Bond and Madeline are getting pursued by him. Um, I think Bond's in a plane to begin with, and Mister Hanks gets knocked out, and it's kind of like Jaws. You think he's dead, his body's lying there, and then you see his hands kind of quivering. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really cool, funny things about Mister Hanks. You even get the the less sort of like Roger Moore nod where. I think Hanks and, and Madeline are, and they've, they've kidnapped Madeline, they're in this jeep, and Bond pulls alongside the plane, and they kind of look at each other out of the window. It's, you know, there's, there's good humour in Spectre as well. I think some of the humour in, in Quantum and Skyfall wasn't so great. There's a good, I think, I don't think Spectre should rank too low in, in in my mind, it's, I think it's... I mean, yeah, it's, it's, on my own personal list, it's in the mid-tier, because I know, obviously, you know the two that I've highlighted there, the, the two that made it into my low four. Uh, of the three that are we were talking about, it's the lowest, because I've actually got The World Is Not Enough. I There's something about The World Is Not Enough that I still enjoy, despite many of its feelings. Um, Quantum of Solace, I rank even higher than that, and that's almost in the sort of, like, yeah, mid to higher of the the next podcast but i mean i'm quite surprised that i've been convinced by steve mccall on Spectre. Spectre. i'm not saying I'm, I'm i'm not saying i'm surprised that he's convinced me he's able yeah. to convince me <laughs> but yeah you know and it's reminded me as well of how because gordon you made some good points there about how it wasn't overplayed i would say that that he, that Christoph Waltz didn't overplay Blofeld until the end of the film when it, they had the insane bit where he'd rigged up the building remember that and um, oh, yeah. you can just imagine imagine Christoph Waltz running around with all these wires inside there, just cackling with glee as he's wiring the place up, you know, really quickly getting it all ready. You know, know. just mad, just kind of crazy. And I, th- I feel or, like the minute he got the scar on his face, he started losing his mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know. What was about Tom, like, I think, though? <laughs> it was like, it was as if, and it's, you know, it must be really hurtful for all the people with facial deformities out there who who think, I've not suddenly changed. It just you know? changes them, I know. I think the more <laughs> of an issue is actually, Steve Barry, obviously you had quite an issue with this, it's the, the last act of Spectre is where it, it does fall apart a little, it doesn't, it doesn't kill the film, but I think it's all too easy for Bond to escape from both films, big layers, like, it's like, we've seen it before, he shoots, I think, gas tanks and it blows up the whole complex and it's like, it just, it, it's just all too easy. And then I feel, I don't like the idea of Bofield getting arrested. I think, and then it's like. I know, taken down to get booked into the police station, but did they put yeah. him in a cell? Just a normal cell with the other people. Not really, drunk Bofield. Tank? Could you I imagine? Know, exactly. it's not, cell, that's like, not really. Could you imagine people getting arrested for like being on a night out, like being drunk, like peeing in the street and whatever, and then they're put in the cells and then Blofeld's in there? And then, you know, <laughs> if Silver can escape from a, a very high security MI6 cell, I mean, how, I'm pretty sure Bofield could escape from a, a ordinary police. What, what would it be? Whoever the, what police England, whoever the, the local constabulary is down there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. For me, it's, I, it's, it might be I in think, this, but, um, and Gordon, you mentioned about the humour inspector. I find that, I found it completely humorless. I think the only found point I liked that had a touch of humor was the initial when he 
pre-title sequence when he falls into the on the couch and he kind of there's a half look at like the yeah. ridiculousness that there's this couch that's cushioned the landing for him. Um, but then again, there's so many good things in that pre-title sequence. Uh, I mean, I think we agreed that was like quite one of the better pre-title. Oh, definitely. And yeah, yeah. I, I said that it's a five-star pre-title sequence. I, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's an element that it has over the other films. Well, <laughs> this is tough, guys. We're not even ranking these lots. We've not, we can't agree on the two. Uh, quickly then on the man with the golden gun, I feel that. I actually thought there'd be more support for this one. I generally thought this was, despite Christopher Lee's fantastic villain, this was a very middling, poor film. Like, it's got that middle section with the Sheriff Pepper stuff. The humour is quite poor. Um, dated as hell with the scene with uh, Mary Goodnight. Well, I dated. Uh, being in I think there's cover. more. Yeah. I think that, you know, that, that uh, you're correct, that whole sequence with Sheriff Pepper. It all starts with the ridiculous situation with Bond's ally over in, in Hong Kong, uh, Lieutenant Hip. He refuses to pick Bond up in the car for no apparent reason. He picks His nieces get in the back of the car. They tell him to stop. He doesn't stop. It's like that's all done so that Bond can get in the boat chase, so he can encounter Sheriff Pepper, who just happens to be in holiday. I mean, Sheriff Pepper doesn't seem like the sort of guy that would go to no. who was it, in Thailand in the first yeah. place. I know. I mean, and, it's, and then yeah. you've got the chase. Isn't a great chase. It's full of incompetent cops, and that. Well, that's actually that's a separate. There's a bit in between that, but see, people have an issue with the slide whistle. That I mean, oh yeah, Carly. But you know, to me, that's not so much of an issue, but more of an issue is see immediately after the leaps happened, you you're reminded that Chef Pepper's in the car with Bond, and you get his reactions. It's like wow, he's sitting there in the back wearing shorts. He's like screeching. To Bond, you know, it's that that I suppose if you just highlight the stunt, you know, it's an incredible stunt, and I don't I think the slide whistle actually on reflection, it's not as much of a problem as people make out. But Sheriff Pepper, they are in the car with Bond wearing shorts. It's, I mean, that that that's a big long sequence with Pepper, isn't it? Steve? Yeah, it's it's poor. It yeah. kills kills pacing. It's it ruins tone. Oh God, guys, yeah, I find this really hard. Right, I mean, I, I feel like. Steve McCall convinces me of Spectre, and then I'm thinking, actually, no, then there's the bit in, in The Man with the Golden Gun, and and then I'm like, oh, no, maybe that should be there, and then The World Was Not Enough, no, oh, actually, Electric, do you know what I mean? Like, each of these, the only ones I'm, the only one I'm sure, okay, the only, well, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, the one I'm sure isn't in the bottom is Quantum of Solace. Spectre is now swithering on that. I'm starting to go closer to The Man with the Golden Gun now. For me, I'd forgotten about how bad the man with the golden gun was actually because I, I mean again what sticks out for me with the man with the golden gun is Scaramanga who I thought was brilliant one of the best he's again one of my top villains I think of the whole uh, franchise but the rest of it the I forgot about that whole awful share of pepper sequence um, the what was the other thing I noticed it was particularly bad yeah the the way that Mary Goodnight was used. And I think she saved the day because her arse hit the oh, master switch. God. And just, there's actually, there's more, because I was almost convinced by You Only Live Twice and all the Japanese stuff, but I think there's actually more wrong with the man with the golden oh, gun. They're, 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 they're on a par with me. They're very, they're the worst of multiple instances of where women particularly are, are used kind of I think, I think it's I think, becoming clear to me that I'm in alignment with you, Mr. Barry. Right. 
I would say, I mean, yeah, yeah like like we mentioned, Scaramanga, I mean, I would say he kind of saves the man with the golden gun because that's the third act or, or the sequence when Bond arrives in Scaramanga's Island is so good. And that could have been part of a darker Bond film. It's a, That's actually a change in tone for a lot of it. Apart from Goodnight's Arse knocking the switch <laughs> on the selects. Apart from that, is, you know, it's, it's actually in the, in the very end when Bond's in bed with it. Apart from that, it's it's a fairly dark sequence in comparison to the rest of the film. I think the, the whole death match in Bond's Scaramanga is so good that John Barry's music's spectacular. And, you know, the, the tension it builds, it's the fact you start you start to notice when Scaramanga's taking on Bond, the, the worries for the first time in the film, Scaramanga doesn't look confident. He doesn't know where Bond is. He's like in that kind of dark room where the like where the crow holds the golden gun, and he, you see worry in his face. He knows something doesn't feel right, and he realizes. And it's the whole thing as well that Bond uses up. He's got six bullets. Scaramanga's only got one. Bond uses up five of those bullets, and he, it's like the odds are against Bond, and it's like the ultimate the best secret agent in the world up against the world's biggest assassin. Christopher Lee's so good in it. It's I, just... I agree, Gordon. You're right. The third act is great. That's where Scaramanga really comes into the fold, like, and that <clears> stuff <throat> comes through. However, you have to get through two-thirds of a film to get to all of that. I mean, yes, Scaramanga's yeah, in it, but that, to me, is yeah. fundamentally flawed, like, that, that we have to put up with two-thirds of tacky humour, dated, you know, politics, and also just lackluster that the stunt was underdone as you said like undercut not underdone the stunt was fantastic the music is fantastic there's that's the thing so many great elements of the the crew that they've put you know the and the the, the villain setting as well on sort of the island great a lot of locations the... but it's like underdone so badly to me the writing uh tom mankiewicz's writing in this film was was not great and guy hamilton's the director i think it was his weakest uh, well, actually, Diamonds Are Forever's is the weakest still, but this is still not great stuff. And I think, for me, it's it's uh it's the it's the it makes the bottom four definitely. There's I the, think there's merit in the other that, ones we've got here. That's where the man with the golden gun I think sinks below. You only live twice because you're absolutely right that you have to sit through two thirds of the film before you get to the good stuff. Whereas you only live twice at least has a few decent moments peppered through it. So you get a bit bored with you only live twice, and you get a bit sort of hacked off with the the dated stuff, and then you get that great scene with uh, Little Nelly and the the fight there. So there's there's elements of that film, and I like you know you get bored with the characters, and then you get Tanaka, who's fantastic. Whereas you're right with Man with the Golden Gun, it's almost just you're right two thirds of Tosh, and then a really good villain who comes in at the end. So I think of those two, Man with the Golden Gun, I think yeah. hits the the bottom more than than any of the other. I wouldn't agree that like two thirds of the film is bad. I mean, I think it's the mid parallels. I mean, I think, I think early in the film you see Bond acting like a spy, following he follows Anders to her hotel. He follows her. He, he actually acts as a detective the way he follows her from, like, from the casino to the ferry to the hotel. He acts like a detective when he visits the gun manufacturer Lazar, who I think is actually a really good character. And that's so the first third of the film is pretty good. There's there's obviously some pretty incompetent henchmen. When he obviously meets the belly dancer, but and then obviously it goes. I think it kind of goes downhill once Goodnight comes into it. But and I think High Fat's a good character as well. But um, there it's around. But he's like the main highlight. It's the middle part of the film. And on on your mention of, of Tom Mankiewicz and the writing, Steve, 
Although there's some bad stuff, especially with the, the female characters. Tom Mankiewicz, I think, gave us in that film some of Roger Moore's best quips and some of Bond's best quips. You got like the I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a few like when he's around when he's talking when he's talking to M and Q, um the whole line about find he found me quite titillating. You know, there's some funny stuff there. And uh, I'm trying to think of a few more examples. Moore's actually got some great lines in this film. And you've got like uh, what was her name? Chu 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 Mi. No, not really there, but there, well, there's the third like, nipple and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, could, I there's definitely some moments. It's not like it's not terrible. Like I gave it three stars, and I think that there's some real merit there. And it's not all that two thirds. It's probably a slight exaggeration, but it, to me, it is all about that final third act with Scaramanga. That's the real appeal for the film. Um, and it's, actually, I think it's a really good three titles as well, Scaramanga, even though Bond's not there. It's decent. It's an interesting way to open the film, considering, yeah, your main character isn't in it. But I, I feel like The Man with the Golden Gun, I, I obviously nominated it, but Fran, do you still, do you feel that way with that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think out of the five that we've got there, I feel like Yuma twice and The Man with the Golden Gun would be the other two on the bottom four. I just feel that that's what it would be. Right. At this time, because <clears throat> I've been, I was convinced slightly, uh, convinced by Steve McCall for Spectre, but then I'm thinking about these, um, as well, um, and World is Not Enough and Quantum of Solace, I know wouldn't be there. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I feel if I look at Spectre, the man with the golden gun, and you'll know the twice, then you'll know the twice, man with the golden gun are going to be below Spectre. So, man with the golden gun for me is definite. Okay, I think oh. I agree with that of the three because I mean I'm I'm going either Man with the Golden Gun and The World Is Not Enough for bottom two or Man with the Golden Gun and Spectre and I suspect I'm more likely actually I don't know which of the two I'd be more likely to be outvoted by but the Man with the Golden Gun I think has earned its place perhaps in the bottom four. Gordon, what of the four of the five here would you put in the the bottom four? Hmm, I would. You're you're quite right with a few of the points about Man with the Golden Gun and the World's Not Enough. I think Quantum of Solace is is just it is a bit dull in comparison. And I think that we we mentioned the choppy editing, and the, there's there's a bit too much action in Quantum of Solace. There's an overemphasis and often unexplained action as well. And I I liked it. Like I said, I like to see Bond acting like more of a spy. I think. One thing you can't fault Golden Gun for is he, he acts like a spy, and he, he acts, he behaves the way kind of Double Seven was written for most so, of that film. I don't think he quite does that. In so so I, I guess the question is what other one? Right, because I do agree that we that I like to see Bond as a detective as a as a spy, right? But I suppose it's not enough to save the film for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, so like, yeah. Even yeah, though I even yeah. though I enjoyed that part of it because I do like that. And 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 I do agree. Like I don't like Bond as an action hero so much as Bond as a spy. But it's it, it, like that's a consideration in my mind. I'm thinking how much of like is it is it giving the, the the film an extra half star in my mind? Is it not? Is it pulling it up? It's not. Is it pulling it up enough to save it? You know. And I don't feel like there's. I don't feel like it's enough to save it from the other problems that the film has. But granted, those bits are enjoyable on their own. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight too strong for Man with the Golden Gun, to be honest. If there's like there's quite a key, um, there's a strong, um, there's strong feelings about. It. I mean, where where Quantum does work really well is that you know I like the kind of straight. It is 
although he doesn't always act like a spy, it feels like it's rooted in the spy world and it's a fairly straightforward film. I think that, you know, it was kind of refreshing that he, um, I think it's a strong female lead with, um, Olga Kurilenko's character and it's, it's kind of refreshing that he doesn't really get into an intense romantic relationship with her because mm-hmm. she, why does he have to? Every film with every other film with that, you know, he doesn't Completely have agree. to. Yep. And do, although Dominic Green's maybe a bit on the dull side, I like the idea of like, you know, again, he's like a, well, he's a pretend legitimate businessman, but he's really quite a dodgy character. And, and he's also like not the top dog in yeah. that criminal organization. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Cause as well, Fran, the, it's, it's later knowledge, which isn't, if you look at, if you're reviewing Quantum Solace 2008, you, um, it would just be, well, he's part quantum. But see, if you look at it now, I, I think they seamlessly integrate that into the Spectre world because I think it now gives that film extra, um, an extra edge thinking that actually now we have the knowledge that quantum was just a feeder organization for Spectre. So when you think Dominic Green's pulling the strings, it's actually Bofeld pulling the strings. If you look at it that way, I mean, I think yeah. for me, you do look at it that way if you're looking at it in the Bond world now because I, I think, You've got to praise the way that they, they, they didn't have the screen rights to use Spectre at that point. I think that's why they used, they created an organization Quantum, but I think they, more, this is more credit towards Spectre actually to bring that one back in. I think in Spectre, they, what really gives it a good quality is the way that they, um, they integrate the previous films. They had that, they created a continuation out of nothing because those films weren't made to, to serve as a continuation, but, they did it fairly smoothly, I think. It doesn't look too... I can even buy into the fact that Silver was a Spectre agent. I think that actually gives Silver an extra edge in Skyfall, knowing now that he actually worked for Spectre. So, so that's like that, that's now me giving like a kind of key compliment to the, the whole Daniel Craig era of his first four films. Is that, is that whole continuation, knowing that Spectre behind the scenes? Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I feel like can we can we put the man with the golden gun into that final the bottom four just now? I think I so. say yes. I will go along with that, Mister Barry. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I will note your descent towards that, so it's obviously not going to be. Uh, yeah. And it can go higher up the bottom four if well, that makes sense. Depends how, how we depends how we get back. the final one in there. Depends how bad we that can is. revive films. I mean, we can um, breathe life into the the ones that are seemingly dead at the bottom of the pile. Right. Maybe. Okay. So, so you're gonna right. We've got to make sure then. I so we're underlining the ones that are there, are we? Uh, oh no, we're taking them off. Ah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Right, I see well, what you're doing. just just we're looking at the the four that are red are still to be decided which one is making it into this four, and then we're gonna rank these four as the worst. Uh, by that ranking. So, well, I'm gonna open open in salvo and just say, um. I feel it would, out of the four of them, it could only really be You Only Live Twice. It can't be The World Was Not Enough because Electra's King's in there. Quantum of Solace, I feel, is, is, is a better film than You Only Live Twice. I feel that, especially as Gordon was saying, in the group of Craig films, you can value it more now, given the continuing story. Yeah. I, I feel Spectre, yeah. with its problems, is still a better film than You Only Live Twice. I, I just feel like it's a modern, a modern, movie that has a lot it, it may have issues and it won't be in the top 10 for me yeah but it's not you know and the funny thing is actually the, the bottom four isn't saying these films are utter trash do you know what i mean because maybe two of them aren't that great right but you know 
it's just that you have to have a film. If you have a list, you have to have films at the bottom and the top. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's, for, it's just a shame. Me, yeah. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Just for me, you, out of these four, you only have twice as the one that doesn't make it to the second group of ten, like the lower ten, if that makes sense. Completely agree with you. Um, that, that is exactly how I feel. Um, this list is obviously comprised of mainly all really good films. They obviously have all sorts of issues in between, but they still rank high, whatever, but with only two, I think, that are legitimately poor films. And yeah, so th- these two look like they're bad in the sense that they're grouped with those in that bottom but you're right it's it's there's a gulf and it's unfortunate but i think for me as you've said you only have twice is also the one that is the weakest that i uh, i have issues with um the, the things the strengths of the modern craig era pull it above you only live twice and for i do actually as steve i know you you've got a strong case for the world is not enough and very convincing as well uh for me it's it's not in the bottom four but uh, it's what to we'll hear what you guys say on that. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me because I agree that You Only Live Twice is a lower ranking film, but because I suppose the perspective I'm coming from this at is of what it does to the franchise as a whole, and You Only Live Twice is bad, but doesn't impact on the whole thing particularly. Whereas the ones that I'm looking at, the the two that I've got in my head, The World Is Not Enough Inspector. I think are they're down there because they're damaging. So I think the world is not enough. Isn't the film that it should be? It doesn't deserve to be that bad that late on. And Spectre, sort of from the perspective of what it's done to the franchise from here on in. Yeah. But I can I can also see the perspective that if you are looking at them as films, you only live twice as the one that doesn't stand up today. You can easily watch Spectre, Quantum, and the world is not enough today and not be particularly offended by them. And I suppose you would have to have the knowledge of all 24 films at the moment to have this perspective, well, actually, those three films don't work in the universe. They do this to it, they do that to it. You can sit and enjoy them as films, whereas you're right that it's difficult to sit and enjoy You Only Live Twice as a film because there's so much about it now that just doesn't work. So it's... I, I'm I'm open entirely to, to that perspective, to, to look at them as films rather than a franchise and to go, you know what, yeah, You Only Live Twice does deserve to be down there. So I think at this stage it does it does help to do that because, uh, I mean, I'm sure all of us might watch You Only Live Twice again. Do you know what I mean? Like, because we've done this project, it's such a huge project to sit and watch these films. You're curious, but you go, oh, I might go and have a look at that again or whatever, but... I think what you said there, Steve, is you're almost imagining like someone who's going to sit down. Let's say that you were choosing someone, a film to show someone who'd never seen Bond before out of the four of these. What one yeah. are you going to show them? See, that's the trick. I would, I would go back and watch You Only Live Twice because there's parts that I enjoyed, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, whereas The World Is Not Enough, I, I, I wouldn't choose to sit down and watch. But I can see how, as a standalone film on merit, it's got enough to keep the average sort of film viewer enthralled. Oh man, that's tough. That's a, uh, this is definitely going to be going to be a long day, isn't it? This is tough. This just is, getting to this I, final four. I hadn't I I underestimated the, this. I think for the fourth film, I think Gordon's going to have the casting vote in this. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I think that might be the case. Yep. Um, because I'm 
I know where I stand. I can see where you guys stand, and I'm I'm almost sort of veering towards that. So I'm now very tempted to see what's uh, so, what so, Mr. Webster has to to input at this point. I think yeah. so. Reading into obviously, Gordon was saying his least favorite is Quantum. Mine and Fran are you only live twice. <laughs> Yours is the world is not no. enough. Inspector. <laughs> That, so really, that covers all four. Yeah. But, then, but then again, if that's the case, then we've me and you, Steve, well, have got two, two votes for you all of twice. I don't want that because I am malleable in the sense that I'm nearly swaying on Spectre. Um, it's, there's elements of Spectre that really... And it's the point that you made, Steve, about what it's done to the franchise and where they have to go now. Do they clunkily try and fix that, or do they just persevere that there's these two brothers, stepbrothers? Uh, uh, but the thing is, though, it's, it's this idea, though, of let's say that I, I was sitting with somebody and they were like, Oh, I, I would say, Have you ever seen Bond before? No. Um, and I'm sitting with the f- fucking DVDs of You Only Live Twice and Spectre. I'm going to put Spectre on yeah. to show them Bond. So that, is, that I actually agree with, yes, because yeah. I wouldn't show the Only Live Twice to anyone now. Yeah, and I'd do the same with The World Is Not Enough, and I'd do the same with Quantum of Solace. I wouldn't, the only, You Only Live Twice is the only one in this whole list that we have left of, of the four that I wouldn't put on for someone new because it's not as good as the other ones. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, it's... I mean, the, the reason I wouldn't put it on is more that it's 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 the dated element rather than it not being good because as a, as a, I think it's a better film than well, yeah, uh-huh. three, but... It's it's so bad now that I, I would be embarrassed to say, oh yeah, look at this film I really like. Oh, ignore the Japanese stuff. Yeah, I know. I mean, imagine that. trying to explain that to somebody. I know. You show that to a, a sort of typical millennial or Gen Z now, they're gonna you, you know, within with, exactly within twenty seconds you'll be cancelled on Twitter. So it's not <laughs> worth it. Oh no, I don't want to be cancelled. Yeah, we have to put it in the bottom four for our own sake. We have to do it. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> right, we'll wait till... no, but the thing is though, I mean tongue and cheek aside, you know, it was a stupid idea. It was a stupid idea when it was written and it was a stupid idea when it was made into a movie. I mean there's well, no no denying that fact. I mean it's yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever it's 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 not it's one of those cases where it's not meant to be insulting. It's not meant to be whatever. It's like you know how you get people who always put their foot in it all the time. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I, I I do this sometimes. I mean I've done it. In the, I'm getting better nowadays. Like, but you know how that way when like you've got somebody you wouldn't invite to a party, probably me, right? But like <laughs> you know, there's sometimes people you know that you think to yourself, I can't really be. You know, they're going to say something. Yeah, yeah. They're going to say something that's going to cause me some serious problems here. Do you know what I mean? Or sometimes when you're in a meeting or something and you've got someone around, you're like, oh, God, why won't they stop talking? Do you know what I mean? That's what you only live twice as. You only live twice as the guy who gets drunk and starts going, these immigrants. Oh, oh God, I was thinking yeah. more than more <laughs> Larry David. Come your enthusiasm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Or or the person who like black faces it up for a party or something. It's like uh, yeah. you know, it's really bad, really like you know. I think we all know in our hearts what we've got to do here. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? I- I'm with you on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm being swayed. I've, I've got to be honest. I can see myself being swayed here. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, Steve, all your um, dislike of the world's not enough, and you're maybe considering you only have twice as interesting. I think. See if you look at characters, because I mean, in the world's not enough. You've got Electra King, mm-hmm. but who's a great character. But in apart from that, I don't. I think they. I don't like what they did with with this Valentin Zakowski in that film. I don't like Mister Bullion as a henchman. I don't particularly 
like Christmas Jones. Um, the, the MI6 characters are all right, but they're obviously not in it for too long. But then you've got all the great supporting cast and you only live twice. I think Henderson does great for the small amount of time he's in it, but more like I'll return again. To, I'll return. It's not about him, but I'll return again to Tiger Tanaka. I'll return again to the fantastic chemistry Bond has with um and with Money Penny. Um, I like. I think Helga Brandt is a pretty cool femme fatale. Aki's a good um supporting character as well, who's obviously killed off, so she's not sort of the featuring towards the end, but. Maybe in terms of you know characters, I prefer you only live twice. I mean, there's there's no denying it's good, good points, but I think it, it almost falls into the, the what I always call the the drive by uh, theory, right? So sometimes, sometimes the sum total of your life, no matter how good it is, can be destroyed by one stupid action. So say for a, for for instance, right, I'm going to create a character. So you've got a doctor. He's saved thousands of patients. He gives money to charity. In fact, he runs his own charitable foundation, right? He's good dad, good husband, good everything, right? One night he's on the way home from work and he runs down an old lady and he panics because he thinks, oh God, you know, she's lying there on the road and he just drives off and leaves her there and she dies, right? Uh, he gets caught for it. He gets caught for it. And nobody in court's going to stand up and say, oh, these are all the great things about this man. We should let him off. Right, yeah. Okay, because that one thing that he did is bad enough to destroy all the rest. And that's what turning Japanese is and you only live twice. I'm going to use every persuasive skill in my arsenal. <laughs> okay, to, to, to get that on this bottom four. Yeah, right? okay. The, because we could say, it's almost like saying, well, Hitler was good with animals. You know, Hitler was I'm a vegan. Starting- you know, we talked I mean, about how did we get he Hitler, smoke, in here? He, Hitler? Hitler banned smoking in public places in Nazi Germany, but he still did some. He, 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 none of that counts. <laughs> there's sometimes yeah. there's just something so bad that it wipes everything else out, and I feel like. But I, Gordon, I don't know if you were there for this, but like, out of the four of these, you only have twice, isn't the the movie you would choose? I'm sure to show a new Bond fan. What's the one you would choose to put to show up a new like a prospective Bond fan who was interested in Bond movies to sit down of an evening and watch? Which one would you pick? Out of the world's not enough, and you only live twice. No, all four of them, the four red ones. So including Die Another Day and Dimes Up. No, 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 just, just the four of us trying to get into this final. All oh, right, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I thought we we're pretty much between you only live twice and the world's not enough here, because yeah, I mean, well, what would be the first one to show? Probably Spectre. But then yeah. I think probably you only live twice would be second. Well, aye, but it's not your first pick. So, so what that means is that you only live twice is below Spectre. Right. Well, are, are we saying we're not going to have Spectre in this final four? Are we agreeing on that? Is everyone? I thought okay? that had already been agreed. So yeah. Well, it's still red. I, I, I wasn't sure. Like Steve obviously nominated it, but Steve, where do you, where do you feel feel with the Spectre debate here? I still think it deserves a bottom four place, but I can see how it'd be outnumbered, and I'm starting to sway towards the you only live twice argument. So I'm willing to, at this point, it's still going to rank slow. It's still going to yeah, rank low. I'm willing to take Spectre out at this point. Right. Okay. That's fair play. Uh, so three left. Three Quantum left. world is not enough, and you only live twice. Is Quantum also uh, potential? It's got to be. Off. I, I just feel like I feel like I'm making like. I feel like I'm fighting for my life in the corner for Young and Twice to be on the bottom. Like, I, like, I just don't want to lose the momentum. Like, I'm trying to think of another like an analogy to give you all, but I'll come up with one. I mean, I think your drive-by one was quite good. So, do you want to go on that? They've been good. I'm just, I'm slightly in the same place where the world is not enough because it's, it's so bad it doesn't deserve to be there. But 
it's yeah, quantum is quantum's middling for me. Hey, I'm I'm gonna hit you with one, Steve. Right? Is any of the problems with the other films as bad as racism? <laughs> Come on, you can't. argument. I know. Yeah, it's I like, was, I, I, that that's was that like kills my, it. That was my ace in the hole. That was like my right. I've got to hit Steve. That's that's, that's me pinpointed that particular one for you yeah. there steve the white guy has never played a race card so well i'll give you that <laughs> <laughs> oh right. my god actually did create a race card on oh my god can we cut quantum from this debate then well is it as bad as racism oh god you can't do <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep was saying Gordon, it. This was his. Uh, oh, was, it, was it Gordon's chosen one? He uh, he wants. I think he says this is the worst of the three. Right. Okay. Right. So we'll keep on. I, I wasn't. Is Gordon there? I you, think. Uh, yeah, you're there. Yeah, but, yeah. I was just waiting. So um, sorry. What was that? Right. We're trying to get. We're trying to cut these three down to a four, so they can we can rank those final four. Um, right. So. Uh, me and Fran are quite clearly on the You Only Live Twice uh, boat. For all the listeners Steve listening, is right? On, the world for is not all enough. the listeners, the listeners or the one listener, you have to understand that me and Steve and Barry are the ones who have identified racism as the worst thing, and oh, we're not God. arguing about it. You're just trying to protect your Twitter reputation. Uh, yeah. You don't want to. I hate. The, do you know the irony is I don't even have a Twitter. <laughs> no, neither do I. <laughs> That's what I'm fine. Uh, right. So the merits of the world is not enough. It sounds like. The real battle here is between the world's not enough and you'll live twice. Um, and yes. that's a tough one. Gordon, obviously, you know... The is lazy and you'll live twice as racist, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon, yeah. you nominated Quantum. Uh, where, do you feel that it it's in that four? Actually, sorry to interrupt, but... If we choose the world is not enough, then we're saying that strong female characters are more offensive than racism. <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't. One <laughs> of the, the world is not enough. Strength was its modern take on a sort of the sort of nineties femininity and things like that. I think that's one of its strengths. It's, well, like, it, you, uh, Can you tell I'm having so much fun with this? Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying myself right now. Like I've never been, I've never actually wielded. I think we say you've never enjoyed one of these. I was like, "Oh, fuck you!" Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've hated every single, yeah. every single moment of everything we've ever done. Right. Um, I shudder to think how many, what, how many hours, how many episodes have we done? Oh god, I, I don't know. Now? I've still got to do all the editing for all the ranking Eight, ones. 80, 90, 100 hours of our lives. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right, Gordon. Actually, I've just realised you've got fifteen minutes left. We'll try and wrap this up. Uh, what's your feelings then? Yeah, it's actually close. I mean, one thing that I think really enhances you only have twice as got a John Barry score, and not only that, you get one of John Barry's best scores, and that really raises a few notches for me. But you've got Connery not quite in top form. Like I said, when Connery's bad, he's still pretty good. But he's it's not a Connery from Thunderball. It's not a Connery from from Rush of Love or Goldfinger. Mm, I agree. I think um, God, I'm just Quantum of Souls is one of the ones that's kind of harder to remember for me. So I'm just sort of racking my brain. I kind of like the stripped down feel of it. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'll, I'll go along with that. Well, we can we can bin you only live twice. And- Gordon, by the way, I agree with you. Like, there's something tragic about the fact that there is like, and this would be for any of the films on the bottom for any film getting criticised, is that that you know there's there is a great score there, 
there are good moments, and it's the shame of that. Like, it is a bit of a shame. Yes, that, yeah. You know, sometimes, are... though, I mean, I know you can say what you want about detail, but sometimes it's the small things. Like, do, do you know how much, see, for, this is just on a personal level, when I see a film where Bond's not even in the scene, but someone's talking about Bond, and you hear a subtle Bond theme in the background, you get that and you only live twice. Like, it, when Blofeld asks... um. Mr. Asato and Helga Brandt, why Bond's not been killed, and it plays a little bit of the Bond thing. You get moments like that. That you know, they are the moments to me that are just up there with any Bond film. But you know, yeah, I mean, I don't think you only. I can you only have twice. It's the sort of film I enjoy watching it, but it's not one of the first ones I put on. So I'm not. I'm not going to fight for you only live twice. You know, I would. Uh, I would take this. Um, there's the world's not enough again. There's a few key strengths to that. I think Brosnan is. Has a good performance in You Only Live. I, I don't think Brosnan was in You Only Live twice. So, um, <laughs> I think uh, Brosnan is practically f- <laughs> Brosnan actually is great in all his films. Even Die Another Day, he is great. Um, if I was to say anything that's like a detractor for The World's Not Enough, I don't like his delivery of a couple of the the lines, like the thing about uh, the, the pre-titles. Would you like to check my figures? No, I, I'm sure they're perfectly rounded. It's like it's it's like he really resents saying that line, and it's one of the worst Bond James Bond lines when he's going up in that lift with with um, Denise Richards' character, uh, and then Zukovsky. God, I didn't uh, mind watching uh, Zukovsky return. I actually rewatched it recently. Uh, there was actually some cool scenes in it. Um, I d- didn't think they were they matched up to. Goldeneye, but they obviously felt they had to do something different, take him out of the gritty underworld of the K- yeah. ex-KGB agent, give him this kind of comedic persona of the legitimate businessman and making jokes about insurance and stuff like that. It's not great, yeah. but it's not it's not awful. It, it, it's not the levels of awful yeah. that I look at you only have twice as, essentially. And that's, yeah. that's kind of... We're still talking The World Is Not Enough as a very low film, Steve, and I know that you you would push for The World Is Not Enough to get into this final four. I'm not in any way saying that it's uh, going to get much further than the final four, but yep. it's kind of, I think you only have twice, I feel, is the one that that makes the, the, the that last, that place. Are we I able to now? Do that? Yeah, uh, because... because of <laughs> <laughs> yes because of racism yes <laughs> i think to um and it's sustained one... it's a sustained sequence as well yeah i mean it's not like it's one little moment do you know what i mean this is it, an octopus like, online it's an entire could you imagine it's... like honestly like see the idea of sitting down with somebody and putting this on and 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 me sitting silently with them watching the film while that whole section is on and just the sheer embarrassment yeah, of that. I, I said before we even reviewed that film what a daft idea that was with Bond. I would say I would say I don't think it's the screenwriters being directly racist, but I think it's like I it's just that's to me that's just lazy screenwriting, which it's ignorance as well. It's just ignorance. Yeah, yeah I suppose it is. Yeah, I know, and you're you're right. Yeah, it's not the sort of thing you kind of that particular bit is not where you want to introduce James uh, people to. Yeah, a way of introducing them to 007. I think though, to, you've got to remember as well. We like we like Bond to be. Now I bring the world's not enough into this argument as well. You like you don't want you want Bond you don't want to be a, Bond to be an infallible character. There's Bond. There's weaknesses that Bond shows in both those films. Like Bond gets captured and you only live twice. 
Um, very easily at the docks, somebody just knocks him out and obviously brings him to Helga Brandt. Um, and then obviously gets captured by Blofeld. Um, you see weaknesses in Bond. Even get, Bond even gets like, you know, he gets led very easily into a trap to introduce him to Tiger Tanaka, the whole thing with that shoot under the sofa. So like Bond is kind of showing weakness. But then if you look at the world's not enough as well, again, like he's imprisoned by Electra King. He's no longer the guy in control. She's in control of him. She's got him in the torture chair. You've also got Renard kind of turns the tables in Bond. So you, you've got good points there. Bond is not an invincible character. So again, like I said, you only, in a nutshell, I want to say you only live twice. Should go down. World's not enough. Should go up ahead of it. Um, I would say that in You Only Live Twice, Bond looks invincible though when he's running around that dock when he's got about 13 or 14 henchmen chasing him and yeah. he's just, he's like just swatting them away like flies. And then you've got, yeah, and there's maybe a bit more to Bond, Bond as a character and Bond being a, a weekend because he's like, and the world's not enough, at least like Electra King kind of like, similar to say Tracy or, or uh, Vesper, like Bond gets too heavily invested with her and is almost distracted by a woman that that is that almost is like his undoing. So that maybe that maybe is does that maybe enhance that compared to you only well, twice? That, maybe? That's, the, that's the thing. Like I mean, I I feel like the sequence. I mean, I know I'm always going back to that sequence of Bond turning Japanese, but I feel like that makes a fool of Bond. Like it, it, you know, in a way that like it, it, it's a mockery of a number of things. Obviously, it's bad for the reasons that we've discussed, but it's also completely foolish. It makes Bond as a character look stupid. It makes Sean Connery as an actor look stupid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, I mean, you could put any Bond actor into that sequence, even Roger Moore, and it would just still look uh-huh. absolutely ridiculous. Uh-huh. Yeah. and it, you know, I, you know, it doesn't help Bond's character credibility. Like, I feel like it's not... If I wanted someone to think a James Bond was a cool franchise and that Bond was a cool, suave character, I wouldn't be showing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just wouldn't yeah. be happening. It would Because it would, it, 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 even the... If you take away the racism and the ridiculousness of it, the hairstyle looks stupid on Connery. Like, all of it. Like, yeah. every single part of it. Like, it, it just looks like... He looks like an idiot. Yep. Yeah, when you're watching it, I find it's like you're dying for him for that disguise to come off. You just want to see Connery being Connery at that uh-huh. point. Yeah. Okay. I'm conscious of time, Gordon. Uh, so you've got like six minutes left. So are we yeah. supposed to put these in order? Yeah. So um, I want but... to suggest something. Uh, well, obviously we'll talk, tackle the final two, but is the order actually, is, uh, can you see the list? Uh, so the order we've got, would it be, you? would you only have twice be above the man of the golden gun? No, no. I don't think so. So you would switch these two. That you only have twice as the third weakest. Uh huh. Um, and I would actually put die another day as the as the weakest. Well, we'll come to that. Let's get the because we uh, let's just organize the two. I think like we all agreed the the final two are the worst two, so we can talk about them in a minute. But the man of the golden gun and you only have twice. Can we? What's the consensus on the order? So you would feel that you only have twice is the worst of those two. Steve, where do you feel? Is, is the list at the moment, so is that going 24, 23, 22, 21? Yes. As things, right. Um, see, I was I was arguing that the man with the golden gun was worse than you only live twice because there's, there's yeah. fewer good points. But the, so not in, in that respect, no. I think, uh, see, I would argue, I think that technically the man with the golden gun is weaker than you only live twice. I mean, we're talking 
22 and 21 here, but obviously... I know. Die Another Day and Diamonds of Forever is the worst too. I... Again, but I, I, I can see the arguments for You Only Live Twice being weaker. I would, I personally would think that The Man with the Golden Gun is weaker. Than but haven't you got twice. a better, you've got a better Bond performance than The Man with the Golden Gun, I thought. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Like I said, Moore acts like a, a cool, slick spy for most of that. And I think the things isn't really the things that are daft aren't really down to him because his one liners I think are great. It's, it's the fact that Sheriff Pepper was there with him. I mean, you could argue like Bond even looks sort of embarrassed to be around Sheriff Pepper in those scenes. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I think Bond. I agree with that. I think Bond as a character is, is probably stronger than Man of the Golden. To me, Man of the Golden Gun um, is higher. Just slightly higher than. It's so funny to have gone from arguing how shit they are to suddenly arguing. That that's that's <laughs> I love. I love that. That's stuff. the beauty of that this. Yeah, amazing. it's because you think of stuff, don't you? I mean, the, I, yeah. I think as well. Like, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I mean, it's always you only have twice. Definitely ranks lower out of the out of the two of them. I I, agree. I feel I feel you you know you, and Scaramanga is just you know in, I think, enhances yeah. that thought and Knickknack as well is a great henchman and what have you got you only have twice you get big hands in the volcano he's he's not really up there with the henchman I don't think so I think Steve it sounds like on this one if we're unfortunately coming to a vote I don't know how you feel but uh, I think not that's I think that's fair actually I'm I can completely see your arguments and I'm. I can come round to that quite easily. So yeah, swap those two about. Yep. Okay. I haven't said that. You only have twice and has got a good femme fatale. Oh my god! Goodness <laughs> sake, man. <laughs> you want to miss the I football? Just drop me call up iPod. Delay the, the football by half an hour. Yeah. They seem to be, well, there might be coronavirus testing. It seems to be delaying the odd kickoff <laughs> some of the time anyway. But I think I'd, in terms of die another day and um, dimes are forever, can I come back to you with a like thoughts about them after the game maybe well, Gordon um, would you agree with me that Die Another Day is the bottom one no I don't actually know oh, I, 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 no, I, I think it's Diamonds I still think Diamonds I think, yeah I think well I'll give you my brief thoughts now on those two films right I think Die Another Day is it's more of just a feel good entertaining but see if you try and forget um, well most of the film if you try if you try and just want to see like sort of good time bond there's this, I don't know, it really lacks class, but Dimes Are Forever really lacks class. And I think Die Another Day's maybe slightly better music. Uh, they're, they're both they both get kind of all right scores, but Die Another Day, Bond just, he, he does things that are just not Bond. He, you know, he, he becomes more of an action hero. Um, he's fighting a guy in a sort of spacesuit thing, the, the, the hydroplane. Oh, that whole sequence of the hydroplane, I don't know if you remember... Um, Gustav Graves is it's like the the bluebird type it's one of these is that a hydroplane you call it that whole sequence should have just been edited out of the film you know because Bond could have just gone back to his car after he emerges from the ice palace but for whatever strange reason he gets in Gustav Graves hydroplane it leads to the whole Bond on on the kite surfing on the horrific CGI so but then yeah, I mean, I'll concentrate just now and die another day. I mean, you've got that. That could have been so easily edited. You've got terrible slow motion fight sequences. I don't even know. I never. I don't think I really mentioned that when I reviewed it, but you don't really bring that into a Bond film. Like they tried to make it like the Matrix at times. Oh man, this is compelling. That's quite. And you get the weird argument. editing as well because you're 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 jumping between. Um, remember, I told you the the fight 
simultaneously Bond is fighting Graves and Jinx is fighting Miranda Frost. And for some weird reason, it's I don't know if maybe the editor Lee Tamahori thought they were being clever, but they're jumping between the two fights. And it's just so silly. Yeah. The, the film just it lacks like I said, there's there's some horrific dialogue in Dying on a Day. I think it, obviously terrible writing for Jinx. The lines What, the lines what are you talking about, bitch? <laughs> oh yeah, I I know. But I was thinking more, even worse, I think, is just the you can tell I'm obviously getting a bit animated now. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm like getting the right vibe for the football. But I think there's uh see that scene in the beach? There's just the dialogue is just so bad. And and then weirdly just going into a full on sex scene, which to and bond the it was good. I mean, and the like sex was implied. You didn't have to have that. It just they thought they were being smart. Gustav Graves is exaggerated. Uh Rosamund Pike's actually pretty good. Um, Halle Berry is like obviously a great actress, but went down the bad screenwriting. Um, trying to think what else to say, but I think I just feel it's a bit more sort of it's a bit more kind of fun than Diamonds. Are, Diamonds are forever so bad that you just can't enjoy it. Yeah, it's a tough one. All those things you've said were making me starting to realise maybe it's Diamond of the Day that's the weakest. But I've always felt Diamonds just edged it. Um, there's a couple of things I mentioned that, I mentioned that I'd put a few things in the notes about Diamonds Are Forever because I watched back the do you remember that car chase Bond and Tiffany Caser in that uh, Las Vegas yeah so first of all you've got the folk in public just standing watching the car <laughs> chase and can I just say the slowest car chase in, in film history probably it doesn't even look like they're actually really chasing each other it's, it's kind of weird and it's like that whole Bond should not be taking on the police. I said the same when we reviewed a view to kill. Bond should not be fighting the police. Yeah, it, it's so. And there's even there's a policeman in one of the cars. It's in the middle of the night in Las Vegas. The police there's a policeman in one of the cars. He's got sunglasses on and a helmet, and he's driving a car. It's like <laughs> that's. I just noticed that recently, and that's like similar to we, obviously we, we had the last thing about the moon. The moon buggy. Why are they fighting in slow motion? These people simulating. There's all these weird, weird <laughs> things in Dines Are Forever. You get Blofeld and Drag. You've uh, got um, you're right. Winning kids <laughs> could, could have been more menacing. They, you know, I think there's they try and be too funny with them. There's again, it just suffers from bad screenwriting. I think. I mean, John, you get the John Barry score. I think having Connery back is there's like a reassuring presence to him being back, but. He doesn't, you know, he kind of sleepwalks his way through the film. Aye, I, I think maybe it is Diamonds. For me, it edges it. Um, Steve, you gave Diamonds a one-star review, and you actually... Yeah, what, what, What's I your did. feeling on it? And I, I think I stand by that. I can write off Die Another Day as just a crap film, whereas Diamonds Are Forever, as well as having all the stuff wrong with it, is... It's the fact that it followed. It's still the fact that it followed on Her Majesty's Secret Service and yeah. made absolutely no reference to it. You had 30 seconds of yeah. it in the pre-title sequence. And then, again, it's what it does to the franchise. That should have been, as yeah. we pointed out at the time, Diamonds of Forever should be a gritty revenge film. We want yeah. to see... You know, Bond's wife has just been killed. We want to see, he, he should be the angriest man in the world. We should see two and a half hours of him trying to hunt down and kill Blofeld for that. But you're right. Yeah. No, what we get instead is this awful diamonds plot 
it's they they brought Sean Connery back. They spunked all the money on him and had nothing left for writers and the rest of the cast. And it just it does so much. It just it goes above and beyond just being a bad film. It has effectively made a crater, I think, if you like, in the franchise. It just shouldn't be there. Wow. The biggest yep. problem, I think, is, is just totally the Diamonds Are Forever. The, the yes. fact that it was so different <sighs> to On A Majesty's <clears throat> Secret Service, I think it was more suited. So if you can if you can imagine it has been a You Only Love Twice sequel, it might have worked a bit better, but the, there's no continuation there. Bond actually is quite... Him and Blofeld are quite civil to each other, which is insane. And it's just, I think you get character, characters in Dimes Are Forever. They're just, they're not real or believable. I think the, the only characters, I think, dialogue wise, that don't have an off day in that film are M and Q and Moneypenny, because I think they're all great, right? I think Bond is good chemistry with all them. I think, though, the, the new guy playing Felix Leiter, Tiffany Case, Plenty O'Toole, Ugh. Charles Gray's Blofeld. The, the list, Professor Metz, the list is endless. There's, um, so just some they're just having an off day in that film the yeah. guy Hamilton was having an off day Ken Adam maybe wasn't having an off day some of the sets were alright the, like Steve said the lack of budget showed because they maybe spent a lot on Connery to- the, but the, the biggest thing I want to say is again just to come back to just tonally it just even Dying even Another Day I don't think I think there's enough dark stuff in Dying Another Day and there's enough kind of bonding stuff Tonally, Dimes Are Forever is it's just weird that and I've not even mentioned even like the the Tiffany case. No, not Tiffany case, Bond in the in Circus Circus and the, the gorilla in the that kind of game is that, that's like that was either that or Blofeld and the drag is like that just solidified in my mind what what Dimes Are Forever is tonally to me. Yeah. And that's why for me it's I mean it, it's bottom of the list, man. Yep. Strong yeah. points. Uh, if if I wasn't swaying before, yeah, I'm certainly in agreement. Diamonds are forever for me as the weakest. Fran, you're the only yeah. one that seems to consider die another day is the worst. What, what? I think I, I think to be honest, it's just personal. I mean, obviously, it's like personal bias. I mean, I I, I happily have it second from last. Really, yeah. I, I think I just I, I just remember going to see it and being so angry coming out of the cinema. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Diamonds at the bottom's fine by me. Wow, we are finally there. Uh, we made it, guys. Uh, so hopefully this wasn't completely unlistenable. Um, hopefully, I think there was some great points made. I think we've 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 got there, and uh, I'll just run down this uh, this final ranking list. Then, so number twenty one is the man with the golden gun. Number twenty two is you only live twice. Number twenty three, die another day, and our ranked lowest film, number twenty four. It's Diamonds Are Forever. Wow, we got there, guys. We have ranked the so, lowest films. Yep. Do you know what's quite funny about the bottom three? <clears throat> the names are all really hopeful. Like, Diamonds Are Forever, Die Another Day, and You Only Live Twice. Like, is this idea of, you know, things, you know, getting away from death or surviving? Yeah. And Isn't that just destroyed? Bond, like, the, half of the Bond names, the film names, they're all like that? Well, yeah, I suppose, but I just find it funny that, like, when you look at the names and you see that they're at the bottom of the pile, it's just quite, it just amuses me for some reason. What were you going to say, Steve? I'm just saying it's taken four hours, no, it's not, it's taken two hours to rank four films, yeah. and we've got 20 to go, so... Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Yeah. Ten hour podcast coming up. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we had to get like sort of cut films to get to this. Hopefully, it's maybe easier to just shuffle the order of some films. We obviously have an idea from the debate prior that which ones are going to rank pretty low or high, how you consider that, on the next podcast. So that might I mean, be a head start. It, <laughs> I, well, that's the thing. I mean, is it a case of. Not automatic, you know, if that's what you're going to say, suggest like whatever was last debated to cut whatever automatically assumes the position of 20, 20 or whatever. Like, see, oh, by the way, see if you're like, do you want to draw up like a numbered list because it'll be easier for us to see? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll just do like that, yeah, like as we put them on. Yeah, anyways, I'll end this podcast. Thank you guys for joining me, Gordon. I'll let you go and watch the football. We will reconvene for the next podcast. We will rank the mid-tier Bond films. I'm sure it will be much easier uh, getting to the Collective 10 for that. And thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. The Bond Daft Project will return. Bye-bye.